What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It presents a history of sitcoms through WandaVision, a show where we look at every episode of WandaVision, tell you our thoughts about it, and then tell you a little bit of television history, be it the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, cliffhangers, and other things that are in TV. Because on a nine-episode miniseries about sitcoms, three of them did not have any sitcom references. As always, I am your host, Blake Schultz, and with me today is Jamie Jarrock. Hello. And Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And this is a very special episode for us. It is the finale of WandaVision. It is the last chapter of our television history, which means when you finish this, you will be aficionados in some of the stuff we talked about. Not everything, everything, but some. (laughs) Uh, There's a lot of other TV stuff to do that we're not going to talk about this week. It's also a shame our miniseries is over. I think this show means a lot, not just to us, but to a lot of people. It got us through the back end of a, of a quarantine that hopefully is closer to its back end than another <laughs> spike. But uh, after years of Marvel content being missing, two years, we went from going there's too much to not having any. And uh, uh, guys, what did you think of the finale? uh i so i loved it um i i loved about 98 percent of it there's two percent that i'm sure we'll talk about that i there's just one thing that really bugged me in this episode but the rest of it i i really love as somebody who has suffered from grief and has lost someone and kind of like lost a good year of my life where i don't remember anything remember how i treated people or how or what i was doing to sort of see what that what this entire series was really about was how you deal with grief, how you may piss people off, you may piss yourself off, you may just you the way you cope with it is the way you have to do it. And then to eventually, at some point in time, you are eventually going to come out on the other side of it and move on and, and grow and become, I just use this weird, ugly colloquialism that's so on the nose, but you come out of your cocoon and you, you become a butterfly and you sort of become something different than you were before because of whatever you went through. And that's what this entire series was. So when this ended, I just kept like, oh yeah, that's what this whole thing was about. And I loved every aspect of it, especially now that I'm thinking about where it started, how we got through there. Like, oh, that was genius. And this was for me, the perfect uh, kiss off to, to end it all and wrap it all up together. I 100% agree with everything you said. Uh, I thought it was perfect. Um, but also agree that maybe there's 2% that I didn't love, but you know what? It's one of those things where over time, those, that 2% won't matter or bother me. Um, I, I just, I just loved where it ended up and, uh, the journey was wild. I love that. And what it ended up being about, it was, it was just about Wanda and, and that's, you know, that's what I wanted out of WandaVision, a show called <laughs> WandaVision. Uh, so I'm happy. I, I a little bummed that um that the sitcoms ended. I mean, it had to, it had to. It's you know what would they do? And I even wonder at the end of the episode when they went back to the house, and uh, and they were in modern clothes. Uh, you know, if they had a visual in mind for that, but it still felt like I think it was still kind of looked like the Modern Family house though. Yeah, they it definitely did. stayed in the 2010s, and I agree with everything everybody has said. I was a little disappointed in the finale. I, I did not have these large speculations of giant 
Fantastic Four dreams and X Men dreams. And I did want Doctor Strange to show up. That was my my big one. Uh, none of that really got to me, and I, I agree. We were promised a show called WandaVision that would reference sitcoms and deal with loss and grief. And I think it's important to remember what they told us the show was. There were really no lies in it, except for Paul Bettany's trolling of all of us. But Massive troll. Love him. A, Love him for it. We did a lot of things in it that I really liked. I liked Agatha's arc coming out. I enjoyed scenes of seeing all the people wake up and realize what Wanda's been doing to them. I loved Vision and the second Vision. I was not bothered that he went away. A lot of people I'm seeing are doing this like, well, he just up and goes. White Vision just disappears, but he has the memories back. And I think something they did that's interesting that I don't see anybody really talking about is that he says, I don't have the memories. And then Vision says, but you have the data. And he gives him back the data. And I think it's important to realize that data and memories are two different things. Yeah, There's he knows feeling... what happened, but does he feel it? Right. And, so it's a feeling of personality behind that. memories. Yeah, I, I think it's similar memories. to Gamora at the end of Endgame. Like, it, he, he's got to go figure himself out. And in my hopes and dreams, him and Wanda will get together by the end of their reign in the MCU. Um, but I didn't... I didn't expect him to stay. I mean, uh, and, and we needed to say goodbye to the other vision. Yeah, I mean, I, that was right. That you hurt. have to take that vision off the board to give the actual hurt and pain, sort of the goodbye that Wanda actually has with the vision she's created. I, I feel like Marvel fans should know by now that you're going to get these little breadcrumbs that go off somewhere. We'll come back down to that later on in, in down the line, like Loki taking the Tesseract in, in, in Endgame, and then we just whatever and now we're going to get that eventually i think that's sort of where we have to sort of expect that um eventually but you're right jamie that payoff at the end when they say goodbye and looking out the window wouldn't work if the, the white vision was still active in this show it's just, you're like oh well there's another one around so it'll be fine it's also i don't know it's tv there's always going to be some stuff like this and yeah there's also because it's tv sometimes just going to be some stuff that doesn't get resolved i think i see a lot of like what about the beekeeper and i'm like i think they sort of showed us that that was somebody from sword and then wanda flipped time back and then that doesn't exist yeah who cares I think about the beekeeper i mean I, if anything i want to know who the witness protection person is i also think with sitcoms and tv sometimes you have so many characters that they don't even get a wrap up like darcy was severely underused in these last yeah, three episodes that, once, that once she got into the hex out. she's just there and you're like, oh, yeah, all right. And so she comes I, in, drives the car, and then we don't, her go away is a throwaway line. We don't even physically see her leave. I think that had to be like a reshoot thing where she couldn't come because the fact that he like, they said that line really made it feel like, like they just couldn't get Kat Dennings that day, um, which bummed me out because you know how much I love Darcy. Um, but at least her one second was like classic Darcy and she got a fun line and that that was something. Um, but I am... I will forever be sad that Darcy and Wanda never met because I mean, that's, it'd be, it's like seeing me and my wife on screen. That's what I want. I think but. that was my biggest disappointment was as much as the show is about Wanda, it is also not. It's called Wanda Vision and it's about Wanda and Vision, but you've given us Jimmy Woo and Monica Rambo and Dar Darcy and all of these other characters. And I wanted my 
team up moment. I wanted all of these threads to coalesce into something. We don't meet Jimmy's witness. We don't meet his friend Cliff. There is, there, there's not much beyond him just needing a reason to get to where he's going, which is fine. They also did the thing that I don't like when we do in superhero action movies where they just fly in the sky and shoot different balls of energy at each other. Once that kind of became Agatha and Wanda's fight, a part of me was like, oh, I liked it when we were, we were throwing trucks at each other and grabbing legs and phasing, and then we're just in the sky whipping shit at each other. But the hexes were awesome. It's funny. I was in that same boat. Like, I liked when, when Vision and them were punching, but then when they took a moment and did their thing, I was like, okay, this all works. When Agatha and Wanda were just up in the sky, just throwing fireballs at each other, I was like, okay, can, there's gotta, we gotta change this up because this this doesn't look that appealing back to back to back. The hexes, the, the reasoning why we had them up there made more sense once it all was said done. Before a minute there, I was like, guys, you gotta do something up, like diversify how we're, we're, we're doing this attack. Otherwise, it's for bother me. And, and I don't, I, I don't know why, but I didn't, it didn't bug me. And uh, maybe I'm just like purple and red, my favorite colors. Look at them flashing into <laughs> each other. Maybe I'm just a simple lady and who just wants to watch Catherine Hahn and, and Elizabeth Olsen interact with each other. Yeah. Uh, but I get what you're saying, but it didn't, that didn't bother me at all. I'll say the but first time it bothered me. Vampires are and her hands turned gray. That was great. Yes. Um, uh, my second watch, it didn't bother me as much. My first time I was like, guys, this changes. But like once watching it again, it bothered me less because I was like, okay, I can see how this timing wise, where this is going. But um, I love the ship. The ship of Theseus, I loved. Anytime, you know, Kevin Feige talks a lot about whenever they do a movie, they watch the original Superman. One of my favorite things about the original Superman is that there's no big action fight. It becomes a battle of minds. And watching Vision and Vision sit in that room and just philosophize at each other really harkened back to that Donner Superman. I was like, oh, this is exactly the kind of gooey nonsense that I want. I want to watch these people just pitch woo at one another. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I have to admit, I have never seen Superman. Uh, I do agree. I like, I really like the the mind battle. Like I can watch people talk all day. Uh, my favorite movies are movies that were clearly like based on plays or I think, look like a play. So. Yeah, I think that's why I, when the, between the two types of movies from DC and, and, and Marvel, I always tend to go with the Marvel ones because they do take time in the middle of their action sequences to have like some type of heart to heart or some type of character moment. Whereas punch, punch, kick, kick is sort of what you get from DC all the time. So I, that's why I love that vision moment. I love even here when Wanda take a moment and Wanda and Agatha's at the top by the billboard and Wanda's below and they're just like kind of talking and all these people start getting their memories back. That stuff was fascinating to me because you're like, all these people was like, you start finding out like she had kids like trapped in closets that they're like, yeah, you can't come out because it's going to mess up the world that I'm building in. I was like, oh, this is, this is some messed up stuff you were doing, Wanda. Um, without her really knowing what was going on. I was like, that's that's the stuff, the meat that I love that we don't really get in some other, most other superhero properties. Now, unfortunately, when you take the time to do those great moments, you often don't have time for some of the other moments. And I think the biggest disappointment in this episode is the Quicksilver, Ralph Boner. Ralph Boner, why? Snaff, why? There was None so of that, yeah. There were so I, many things to do that weren't the Fox X-Men. There were so The only thing it did that I was curious about when we did the Agatha All Along song, she's like having a picnic with whoever Quicksilver is. 
And that made me be like, why is she having a picnic? And now it's like, oh, it's her husband. But I want to know more. Is this Agatha's husband? Is it a citizen who she's cast as the husband? There was a headshot. So is it like a real actor that she brought in here? Why is it just a boner joke? There was a my, lot to do. My theory uh, is that he's the witness because he laughed at his own name. And um, and I feel like you you live your whole life as Ralph Boner. You're not laughing at Boner. Um, that and like, but that's just me holding out hope that that he's gonna come back and we're gonna explain it more. Uh, but I just, I, I, in the end, I'm so happy we got more Evan Peters. Um, but it was definitely disappointing where they made us think that out in the universe, the multiverse existed, and in that multiverse were the X Men. Yeah, it's a. I feel like it's a sloppy way to 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 end that thread. I, that that was my biggest thing. I was like, you could have done something more creative. With now, I, I will say this: I don't necessarily think that him being boner uh, negates that there is a Quicksilver multiverse because I think Agatha is a person who can see all the multiverses. She's already aware. So I I think, and this is where my theory was going with this. I think. She found someone on this multiverse who looked like that Quicksilver and just went with and went with it and and made it and gave him the powers and whatnot, even though she knows in another world that this person would be Quicksilver. You're, there, this you're on this some like there. season two of Flash. Yeah, right? that type exactly. Where they're not necessarily not the same person one. in a different Earth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I think I think that's what they're going to eventually play with and kind of get with. It's just the way that they do it here just feels very just like oh. And again, I'm like, you could have very easily just had Agatha be like, I was looking for another Quicksilver. I found this one, and lo and behold, Ralph looks like this guy, and I would have been like, amazing. And right. that's all you needed, right? We didn't mm -hmm. need to get big multiverse, but I think agreed. This, you know, we, we have this, it's leading into Doctor Strange 2. And as I, I said to somebody on Twitter, uh, I never will blame the fans. I think it's silly to say it's the fans' fault for being disappointed in something. You had expectations, you had something you wanted, well, and it didn't get there. It's kind of your fault if you hate a show because they didn't do exactly what you theorized. Well, that's which yes. is some of the cases. But, you know, I feel like we used to just call these expectations. And I think sometimes it's like, well, it didn't do what I thought it was going to do. And that's a bummer because what I thought it was going to do would have been really cool. Oops. And especially when it's like, they didn't do what I wanted to do. They also just made it a dick joke. Uh, yeah. So I'll never blame somebody for a show not, for them not liking it. That's not, that's not your fault. But I also said to him, I was like, you know, it's just, we don't know what leading into Doctor Strange means. Nobody has said, nobody even said that this was a multiverse show. We just said it was leading into Doctor Strange 2. No one has said Spider-Man 3 is a multiverse movie. We're making an assumption. All we know is that these mm -hmm. characters are going to do stuff in Doctor Strange 2. That could mean a lot of things. It could be like, just watch WandaVision so that you're used to her new costume. So we're not going to spend 30 minutes telling you about the Scarlet Witch, which is my favorite thing we did in this. So we got a classic costume. We got a classic name. I love oh, it. She looks she badass. Looks so good. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm so, I can't decide. Like, I'm going to get a WandaVision tattoo. Um, I think it's going to end up being Halloween costume, Wanda, because that pays homage to the sitcom aspect. But a part of me also is like, but that, that bad new one is badass. Really I was like, oh, good. Lizzie, damn. <laughs> God, this is why she's my number one crush, people. <laughs> and has yeah. been for six years because she's perfect and amazing. 
But I do, I, I, I sort of agree with Blake that this series, if nothing else, sort of is like, all right, we're just going to, if you take away nothing else, we're putting Scarlet Witch on the board, we're putting Chaos Magic on the board, we're putting Darkhold on the board, and we're explaining that Monica got powers. See you guys next time. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll catch you up. show about grief and loss and coping. And look, and all of that I love. The show overall, I think, is one of the best things that MCU has produced, bar none. I just understand. I just, you know, it's my favorite movie I have complaints with. I can sit here and rip apart Empire Strikes Back for an hour if you asked me exactly. to. Exactly. Um, I mean, uh, there's, um, I mean, you all know I love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. more than life itself, but I could, I could have a whole thing about why it's not gay at all. How are you going to have a whole show and not be even a little bit gay? It makes me really <laughs> sad. Um, if, if that show was gay, it could have surpassed Buffy as my favorite show, but Buffy's got the gay, and so it super wins. <laughs> it super beats it by like a long shot. So, so that was the episode, I think. Unless people have more. No, uh, no. Let's talk about TV. I overall loved it, but that's not what we're here to do. Let's talk no. about the history Same. of finales. Yeah, and yeah. I think this is going to be uh, the history of finales is it, it is simple. Shows end. Budgetary wise, story <laughs> <What>? wise. <laughs> Congratulations. Everything that has a beginning has an end, Neo. Uh, except for movie except franchises. For, except for Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> There's another. We want to talk about disappointments and theories that didn't work out. You also should be dying to talk about that movie for some time. Yeah. Um, shows end. They've been ending forever, unless you're The Simpsons or The News. Uh, <laughs> From season finales to mid-season finales to series finales, everybody knows this concept. I think instead of doing that, it is better that we look at the endings of sitcoms, what has worked for us, what has not worked for us, and what do we think finale needs to do. Uh, Jamie, I'm going to kick us off. Give us a finale that worked and a finale that didn't. There are so many examples. I'm also impressed um, that you can move that much in a Zoom and not make a single sound. Oh. <laughs> Is that, is that a thing? Like, what um, space is she in? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just moving my body. Um, I hope the people are watching this and not just listening. Um, okay, so there I could talk about so, so, so many sitcom finales. I assume we're just going sitcom and not uh, any finale. But my no, favorite finale of, yeah, yeah. My that. favorite finale of all time is Angel, but that's not a sitcom, so. Um, Okay, so I think that we have to bring up the New Heart finale in terms of good finales. And the New Heart finale is something that WandaVision really could have, a route it could have taken. Um, and of course, the New Heart finale ends with Bob Newhart waking up in bed with his wife from the Bob Newhart show, his original sitcom. And the entirety of New Heart was just a dream. Um, and it's considered one of the most, if not the most famous ending to a sitcom ever, because it's like, it's like, it's, all for the joke it's kind of like the boner thing like this it's just a really good joke and um and sometimes that doesn't work because like in the inverse um and i think i may have said this in the past my least favorite sitcom finale is roseanne um uh the the killing first of all swapping darlene and becky's boyfriends was bizarre um making jackie a lesbian couldn't she have just been a lesbian the whole time that would have been cool um but killing dan like how dare you i have i don't watch the connors i have no interest in watching the connors but i do appreciate that they retconned it it makes it a little uh, like i'm glad that it exists for that reason solely um but i remember watching the roseanne finale as a kid and being like what the fuck 
is this shit? One of, one of my favorite sitcoms, and I do watch the Congress, so I'm glad that they retconned that too, but I, one of my favorite sitcoms, and I just remember watching that, and then, like, she wins the lottery, she poses for Playboy, it's just like a weird season, all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, and Dan died when, uh, during a heart attack. I'm sorry, what? So all of this was, be what? why am I here? And I just got, I got progressively yeah. angry at the more and more I thought about that series. <laughs> Sometimes like there, I feel like Roseanne and Newhart are similar. Like it was all a dream. It was all fake. It was all different, but you know, one, one really worked and one pissed a generation of TV viewers off. So it's yeah. like you, you take a risk and, uh, well, and I think it shows happens. that you can have a satisfying ending and then go, it was a dream, but maybe that dream mattered. And isn't this funny where Roseanne was a lot more, character suicide which is people started acting differently than they that's were. the biggest thing with that series yeah. is that everybody was completely different than they were the previous seven seasons that you had of that show you're just like well none of this makes sense and then you you sort of piss in my my drink saying hey guess what none of this matters even though we changed about face for all your characters it was a dream so you just wasted all your time like ah, oh, screw you um that actually is one of my i, that, I think we share the worst because that's that i i loathe that but one of my favorite finales um and i hate it's a problematic show now but uh the cosby show finale was phenomenal to me um that show has i love i love finales that sort of do what your show has always been doing for the most part anyway and then it's like all right for these last 15 minutes we're about to start doing some sign-offs um and that's a show that has Theo like graduating from high school and then trying to find tickets and whatnot to get to the, that's the that's the story A, and then you get a phone call. Didn't uh, Lisa Bonet was no longer on the show, but she and she didn't show up for the finale either. But but she does a phone call and says like she's starting her own family and Sandra had just started her own family, so they're starting to basically get an empty nest. So basically, the show ends with an empty nest, and Cliff has to like fix the doorbell because. Claire uh, has wanted it done for forever. He finally does. And he's like, I'm going to now actually spend some time. Now the rest of the family is, I'm now going to spend some time on you. And it just ends with the two of them just dancing. And it's just like, mm -hmm. oh, that's, yeah, the, the, the couple that started this all, the house is empty. It's just the two of you. Now you guys can now go back to, for the rest of this time, while we cut off the cameras and we're no longer watching you, it's just going to be the two of you uh, in bliss, just having a time and, and and enjoying each other's love. So it has them dancing. But what's cool, it also has them dancing to the point where then they break the fourth wall and they they just walk off set and walk off the, walk out the studio and the camera follows them as they walk off the studio and the studio closes. And I was like, oh, that is fun. That is nice. Mm -hmm. um, and that's one of my, I, I, I just, I got goosebumps just talking It's about a perfect that. show. It's It, it sucks yeah. that it's so tainted now because it really is um, a phenomenal, fucking funny, phenomenal it show. Is. Sorry, I'm cursing a lot today. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's feeling? fine. It's been a long week. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do want to say, like, I named Newhart because it's a really famous finale, but I, it's, I, I didn't really watch the show Newhart. It's not like a personal favorite. I think my personal favorite, which is, I think, considered one of the best is Cheers. Um, she was up there, yeah. Because one, the fact that uh, Shelley Long came back is mm -hmm. amazing. It's similar with The Office. The Office is up there for me too. I don't love the final season, but I love the final episode. And it's um, and when somebody and when a big big person uh, makes the effort to come back in the finale, like it just means a lot. Yes, yeah. you know, as a fan, I, I remember um, going apeshit with that Cheers finale because I was mm -hmm. like the first few seasons, and then obviously goes away, and you get Kirstie Alley for all those seasons. And you're like, all right, cool, this is fine, this is fine. And you're like, well, there's no way in hell of the finale. Oh wait, she's here? 
what and it's, it's and the way they do it is perfect yeah um and just the we're closed it really is a um a phenomenal ending to uh, an 11 years it's hard to wrap up uh, i didn't hate the fraser ending which is also 11 years but it's not it didn't it didn't pack the same kind of punch although the last fraser lilith episode in the final fraser season is a beautiful they really sent lilith off in a beautiful way it's one of my favorite episodes so ever you know and yeah. blake well if we're talking about favorites I also love the finale of The Office, but my probably my absolute two favorites are the finale of Parks and Rec and Scrubs. And they both do something similar, which I, I often say about shows and movies is give me my moments. And by that, I mean, I just wanna see the main characters have one-on-one -on -one conversations and group conversations, and I want them to close out all their threads. The best part about the Scrubs finale is that it really is just JD on his last day at work. It's stupid if you live in LA because he's like, I have to go to a new hospital that's 30 minutes away. And I'm like, well, that is my commute right now, sir. <laughs> yes. You did not need to change your whole life. It's not <laughs> states or countries. You're it's, not going it's to over the state. hill. You're yeah. just like, going over Mahone Drive. I don't remember because I haven't watched Scrubs in a decade. Is this the real finale or the season real eight, finale? Season okay. Eight. The actual, not the next generation. I'm talking med okay. school. Okay. This isn't okay. our oh, lesson. Okay, <laughs> wasn't sure. I just wanted to clarify because I don't remember. I know I've seen that, seen it, but it's been since it aired. Yeah, no. when everyone ends with the clip, the the video playing of there is the book of the love. One. He goes yeah. through. You get a, you get a one on one with Turk, a one on one with Elliot, with Carla, with Doctor Cox, Kelso ending with this very nostalgic walkthrough of all the characters he's run into and it makes me cry <laughs> yeah every time you see any anyone who's been anything in scrubs history down that hallway you're like oh my god this is fantastic and parks and rec does a similar thing where we we're constantly jumping through time and everyone's getting their right off into the sunset moment a show about friendship and working together and ultimately moving on and growing and watching the this is a show about people who all work together whose career trajectories were all on the same path until they all weren't and one character has to write a book and one character has to become president and one character has to go off in here and here and showing how these people stay together or how they've managed to evolve beyond it is incredible and it's a great way to take an ensemble show and give these moments to everybody. A show that I don't think does that as well is 30 Rock's ending, which I think is very disappointing. Hmm. I, didn't, I, I kind of like 30 Rock's ending, but I agree, it doesn't, it doesn't pack the emotional punch, but that's not what 30 Rock is. I know. It was never, it never had that. Um, and and yeah, I think that's I, a distinction. I, I, I can I get wanted. how it would be. I said, I know how you wanted it. I, yes, because I love 30 Rock, but I think that's a series that I love not not expecting the emotional movies. Like I never felt that those those characters grew or gained any type of no, emotional. There's no heart in that show. Yeah. They also do my least favorite thing, which is we've got a pitch, and it's the show sure, you've been right. watching. Mm. Yeah, I can't stand it. Californication does it. This does it. A lot of shows try, even oh. though they were never doing it during their series. They always try to get super meta in their finale. I'm like, stop, because you this was not a a. a a theme that you were doing at all throughout the rest of your series. 
episodes does that, but it doesn't, that doesn't bother me because it's literally what all of episodes was about. They're trying to find the right show. That's what the entire series is. So to end it on the show is the show that works, but I do agree that most of the time that's not the right, the right call. I do. If you guys haven't watched episodes though, um, I think it is one of the, it probably the best representation of what like Hollywood and making TV. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's great. And I think two shows that try to do something like this, where it's like, we're going to give everyone their moment in the sun that fail are the Seinfeld finale and the how I met your mother finale. I adore Seinfeld. I think it's great. Talk about a show with no growth and that I wasn't expecting any emotional punches from talk about a show. That's like, Hey, so just bad people being bad people which makes sense. It ends for them going to prison for just not following a stupid law. That's like, you got to be a good person sometimes. Uh, but to have everybody parade in like this, the antithesis of scrubs and say why they're all bad people made nine years of TV almost become a clip show at the end for them to then just be in prison, which is very disappointing. It just doesn't really, there's nothing new we're just sort of re-watching old shows. We're bringing back old characters, but they're not bringing anything new to it. They're just repeating what was. Uh, and then there's How I Met Your Mother, which just gave everybody the saddest ending. You're going to sit me there for years for her to be dead. Gone and the whole time. For the end game to be him and Robin. So then Barney has to get a divorce and then go back to like sleeping around and impregnate somebody and ruin his mm. life. Like we, I, that show I went never out watched. Of its way. Uh, I didn't watch the finale because I found like I watched that whole series and then I didn't watch the end because um, I knew what happened and it was like they got me so invested in Robin and Barney. I mean, they like like you have this fucking oh, God. Wow, I'm really am cursing a lot today. They like this like 11 year show and and you make it about like no nobody wanted Robin and Ted together. They had been split up since season three. Um, like it just, it, I mean, and they, they, it made Barney likable. And when you talk about problematic, you go back and watch that show. Barney is, is, should be in jail. That man should be in prison. The whole show. Like, like, exactly. So to make me like root for him in a relationship and just for nothing is so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really, I think shows... You know, unfortunately, what I think people want in a finale now is the big cameo and the big what's next. And we've sort of trained audiences to expect this. But I think really what a finale needs to do is figure out the emotional beats of its characters and give you that catharsis. We're, we're not, we don't, not every show is like this. We don't watch Seinfeld to watch Jerry and Kramer become better people. But we watch some shows for the arc. Scrubs really is a show that's like, I'm watching this because I want to see this character grow up. And when he eventually does, it has the moment and go, I'm missing my kid's life. And it doesn't matter how good of a part-time dad I am. I'm still a part-time dad. You're right. like, that's why I'm here. Yeah, That's what I'm here for. Like Fresh Prince fits into that category too. Mm. Like that final episode, Will is sitting there like... I appreciate you guys treating me like family and uncle feels like no no you are my you are my other son like you are my cry. son and i was like oh and then just the shot i mean it's a shot it's a meme now but it's a famous of, famous image of will just standing in the middle of an empty 
completely empty mansion just looking around I was like, oh this is that's oh that one just hits it just hits and you're like that's the that is the emotional beat that i needed you to close me out on i appreciate you thank you guys and if your show's gonna end on a joke it better be a damn good joke like seinfeld for having what i think are some of the best jokes in tv to end with a call back to the first episode of just like it's at the same button it looks like it looks like it's a lower button but they're in jail now is like that's all right yeah what you're really just trying to tell me is that these people really don't change even if their circumstances are prison but 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 that can work because just with that fresh prince episode after he leaves he cuts off the lights and then he leaves and goes around the corner and all of a sudden you hear carlton saying oh my god who turned off the lights and carl just comes running out like that's a funny joke because that still plays off of how Carlton's been the whole time. Then Will just comes back around, smiles, and walks away like, that's Carlton. And there's an emotional beat in it. Right. I think that's, you know, kind of even what Parks and Rec does, is it gives you, like, emotional comedy, emotional comedy. And then it just kind of wraps up. I feel like then when you look at WandaVision, it does some of those things really well and some of them not as well, which we talked about. I think the emotional catharsis of Wanda is incredible. And I think the emotional catharsis of vision is, is just as good. And I think that's really where I go, well, now what? Where is this character going to show up again? And what is he going to be? And I love the scene of, well, first I was just an AI without a body. Then I was a, a body without a person. And who knows what I'll be Who knows now. what I'll be the next time I yeah. see you. I was like, oh. I, I think a major difference, too, uh, between all the shows we're talking about in WandaVision is that we know that WandaVision is a piece to a much, much bigger puzzle. So we know that any questions we still have could very easily and eventually be answered. So it is a little, it is a little different. And, and it's hard, like, it's hard to be disappointed by anything because we don't know what's well, coming. And the other weird thing, Jamie, is not only is this just a piece of a puzzle, it's a piece of a puzzle that we were not supposed to get first. So we don't know, thanks to COVID, the original phase four of Marvel, and I'm going to get this wrong, was Black Widow, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, The Eternals, Shang-Chi, WandaVision, and then Doctor Strange 2, if things were normal. Directly behind it. A week. Yeah, we we would walk right to a theater. Yeah. (laughs) and instead we're going wanda falcon and the winter soldier question marks yeah it's interesting and i and i think that um (laughs) right we don't get strange now for a year oh so sad i'm curious because wandavision takes place a week after endgame but spider-man far from home takes place eight months after endgame so i'm very interested to see all those things that were supposed to come before wandavision what their timeline is they might not be they could take place right like we also we don't know continuity but we don't know like for all we know sword gets introduced in falcon and the winter soldier or like some other weird piece of this but that is well you know spider-man's got a history of messing up the mc timeline yeah i I agree because that was first and it feels like so much and i feel like this show sort of just said sword is here deal with it as opposed to kind of really telling us much and i feel like oh i wonder if these i wonder if when we get to falcon winter soldier they might do a little bit better job of saying the establishment of of sword who knows uh we might not even get that to captain marvel because that's more in, in line with that that lineage but yeah it's weird that everything sort of got thrown out of whack with COVID a little bit and kind of now just like, all right, take it as you get it and hopefully you can fix the timeline or like figure out the timeline once you get everything. 
like every other MCU timeline, Spider-Man wasn't even in it until Sony got their, their stuff together. Yeah. So it's interesting, too, when you're, we're looking at a piece, not even part of its whole, but out of order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it branches off into times where you don't know. Like the two post-credit scenes deal with stuff that we're not going to come but back to for a I while. I will say... And I don't think anybody here was disappointed with the finale, but the one thing it, it didn't ruin the joy that I got from the rest of the show endings. Like how I met your mother has poisoned the entire show for me. I will never go back and rewatch it. It's over. Seinfeld's ending again. I'm not really watching that show for like fun like that. So it doesn't really affect it, but it is that weird. Like I really don't watch past season five and I know what's coming. Parks and Rec in the office, I go back to because I like these endings. I have a cutoff at Rose, like the original series of Roseanne. I have a cutoff. Um, mm. I watch the Connors now, but that's because all the, the bad stuff is retcon. <laughs> I mean, right now, my my main second monitor is Wanda and Vision coming out of the 50s. And the uh, one behind where my Zoom screen right now is, is the Malcolm in the Middle episode. So it's, I'm not affected. My fanship of this is not changed by me not being satisfied with Quicksilver, which is really the biggest like, huh. I feel like if we had just cut a little bit out of the previously on episode, and had a little bit more time here, we could have expanded that. But it is also the MCU. Who who knows? Where any of this and and again, like I I loved I I loved every second of Wandavision. Uh, so it's you know, and I think that like it's our job to be nitpicky uh, uh, on here, but um, on anything. Um, but my God, what a good what a good television program. Well, and it that really. Delivery. I, I haven't watched MCU new action in so long. And when they first flew up there, I was just like, oh my God, we're back. Yeah. I missed it all so it, it def- much. It was definitely when, when, um, when Wanda threw the car and then flew to chase Agatha, I was like, oh, we're in this now. Like this is, this is, this is a full on Marvel action film. I mean, it's been a long time since we've had this type of piece. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm in it. I forgot, the, I forgot. I was so invested in the, the story and the catharsis that was happening that I forgot. I was like, oh shit, that's right. We do action here too. Shit, here we go. Oh, you're about <laughs> to get six episodes of action, I think. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting. I don't know how I feel. Cause I feel like WandaVision set the bar really high. Like the bar is super high. Um, I was just thinking about this, um, in ter- like, you're, I so agree, and and I think we really have to go in a mindset, I keep thinking back, because I'm like, there's no way I'm going to like this show as much as WandaVision, because WandaVision was specifically catered to me, uh, it was like, they were like, what can we do for Jamie Jirak, uh out in LA, what does she want, uh, and, and then they made this show, but, and so every time I'm worried that Falcon and Winter Soldier isn't going to live up to it, I remember... Captain America Winter Soldier is the best Marvel movie and it's yes. going to be a elongated version of that. And that and that's what I keep reminding myself because it's I think it's going to be on par with that. Like give me an elevator scene and I'm going to be obsessed. Yeah. Oh, I think we're going to get all of that. I think and I also am sort of excited cuz like WandaVision was awesome and my enjoyment is never really ruined by social media and by expectations and by fan theories. God knows if you had talked to me pre last Jedi coming out, I was all over the, like, what does he mean by the past? It's going to die. Here's, here's all the things that are going to happen. Not a one of those things happened. And I love the last <laughs> Jedi. Yes. Um, so it never, never affects me too much. 
but I really hope that Falcon and the Winter Soldier is a little more just week to week. I don't need to I don't need to stay up till midnight to avoid spoilers. I hope there isn't anything huge. <laughs> like huge things are fun, but I'm like, just give me a good story. Oh, so you want them to be enjoy. more self-contained stories where I don't have to I'm not getting spoiled or there's nothing that bridges no, to yeah, the next. I just don't need, you know, like Chris Evans showing up as the human torch, maybe, to be spoiled for me. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't think those expectations are there. I think we're on Madripoor. I think Zemo's back. And I think we're going to go kick some ass. I, I can't see my, like, there's not going to be a, I wake up in the morning and see the Luke Skywalker hallway gif before I even have my co- cup of coffee in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see this being a show that lends that itself now. to having <laughs> massive, like massive hang cliffhangers that are spoilers. Um, but I do think you're going to have some pretty freaking epic action. I just hope that, as we talked about a little earlier, as, as intense as this action is going to be, and I do just hope that they take moments for the, the heartbeat because I, I, think I think there's a lot to play with. Yeah, with, Sam with, and Bucky Sam. need. Yeah, um, Bucky especially has like a um, hundred years of trauma to kind well, of right. come to terms and, with. And you want to talk about things that we didn't do anything with? I know everyone right now is like, "Well, Quicksilver," but let's take a trip back in time. And I remember after a civil war when I went, what's to be done with the Winter Soldier? And Cap and Black Panther were like, he's here secretly. They're going to come for you. Let them come. And I watched all of Black Panther, which is my second favorite Marvel movie, and was like, Winter Soldier's going to show up. He's going to show up. That man's going to appear. He did not appear. Not and then at the, the end of the film, sequence. they yeah. were like, the white wolf has rested long enough. And I was like, oh man, I bet in Infinity War, he's going to do a lot of stuff. Nope, the man nope. had two lines. And nope. in Endgame, he showed up with a machine gun. So if we're talking about things we didn't do anything with, there's a lot of Bucky fans out there that I'm like, but why? Yeah, they've used Bucky more as like the anvil they point in direction. He's been very much the, the heavy. We don't really know much about him outside of. He's the barely cast. even the heavy, Terrence. By the time he gets a chance to be the heavy, he's in the in-game portal fights. That's true. Pointing a yeah. gun around. The thing he does is picks up Rocket and aims him around. Say, he picks up Rocket and twirls him. That's literally his <laughs> is his call to arms in that in that movie. And look, yeah. I love Bucky. I think he's great. I just am now like, okay, now we can really do some I, stuff with it. I'll say that. I think Even that's this what man the... three names in this franchise that I've seen him in five scenes. <laughs> I think that's the greatest thing about these Marvel series that we're going to have some time to spend with the characters that really didn't get that much. Wanda was one of them too. We didn't have that much about her until we got to this. And now you're like, oh, I know. I feel like I'm so much more connected to her than I ever would have been had we just done the films. I feel like that's going to happen with Bucky and Sam here too. Um, We get to learn uh, Sam being one of the only African-American men in this group and now just gets this mantle of Captain America placed on him. I bet you that's going to weigh some pretty heavy stuff. And then Bucky's got just life of just got bodies upon bodies in his in his in his history that he's he's destroyed. That's going to take a toll on him too. So I, it's going to be interesting uh, to kind of spend more time with these these side characters that we don't normally get to play with. And it's going to be even more interesting when you come back in two weeks to figure out what our Falcon and Winter Soldier show is going to be because it'll be something. And I'll announce it the day we do it because I definitely have it figured out and I'm not (laughs) trying to guess. But that has been the history of sitcoms through WandaVision from Hollywood already did it. 
What a journey it was. Thank you so much for coming along with us. Of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel for more of Terrence's reactions and reviews and to the podcast, which I'm sure eventually I'll figure out what else we'll do with it if we go back to what it used to be, if movies are a thing again, or if it grows into something else. You can then, of course, find us on more podcasts all across the internet. Terrence and I do You Can't Do That Anymore, a weekly movie podcast where we look back on movies and see whether or not we can still make them in the year 2021. I do another one called How Do You Figure about action figure and toy collecting. And you can, of course, see all of Jamie's work on comicbook.com. And this Friday on Phase Zero, tune in at uh, noon Eastern. Matt Shackman, the Shakeman, that's embarrassing that I don't know how to pronounce his last name, um, is going to be on our Phase Zero podcast, the director of WandaVision. So, nice. if you, uh, yeah, so if you guys want to tune in, on Twitch and watch us talk to the director of WandaVision, who also directed Spoils of War, one of the best Game of Thrones episodes, and many other amazing episodes of television. So that's going to be exciting. So that's a plug for you right now. Yeah, so if there's anything comicbook.com needs, it's our audience. <laughs> uh, <laughs> go watch that. Uh, definitely watch that. It's a good show. And we will see everybody soon next time i hope so <laughs> <laughs>